Welcome to the Finding True Health podcast. Today, we're going to talk about what the sea of objectification is and how we can survive in it. And if you're wondering what on earth I'm talking about, then just stay tuned. This is a really important topic, and I'm really excited to get into it. So let's just dive right in. Are you ready to be done with diets, done trying to mold your body to fit unrealistic beauty standards? Do you want to create a healthy lifestyle simply to feel better and have more energy each day? Do you want to finally find food freedom? Hey, I'm Jenna, a registered dietitian nutritionist. Not long ago, I was an overwhelmed mom and struggled to make myself a priority. I hated my body and wondered how I could stop beating myself up every time I looked in the mirror. I also felt frustrated about my health and wished I could get myself to exercise consistently, eat more vegetables, eat less sugar, you know, actually do the things I knew could improve my mood and energy levels. But I kept telling myself I didn't have enough time or motivation or willpower or, well, you get the idea. But with some help from God, I was able to turn my health and life around. And I want to help you do the same. In this podcast, you'll find trustworthy nutrition information, critical mindset shifts, and actionable advice so you can feel better, fill your life with sustainable, healthy behaviors, and be confident in your own skin, no matter your size. So if you're ready to make peace with chocolate, but love your salad too, this is the podcast for you. Hey friend, how's it going? I, we have a lot to cover today, so I want to just jump right in. My topic for the day comes from a book called More Than a Body from Lindsay and Lexi Kite. They're twin sisters. And you might have heard me reference them before in the past. I love their work. I love their book. I highly recommend it for anybody who's interested. And that is where I learned about this idea of the sea of objectification. I'm not sure if they're the ones that originally came up with it, but I kind of think that they are. And we'll talk about exactly what that is here in a second. A big reason that so many people have a hard time with body image and with seeing ourselves as more than just our physical appearance and not focusing so much on that and tying it into our worth and our identity is really because we as girls in particular have been more or less brainwashed, I would say, with objectifying messages since we were young. Now, what is objectification? It's basically when we view the bodies of others as objects to be looked at instead of just the homes for their spirits and the tools to live their lives. And so self-objectification is when we learn to view our own bodies from an outside perspective. We see our bodies as objects to be looked at, again, instead of instruments to live our lives in. And this is just a natural result of living in an environment where bodies are regularly objectified. We're constantly being sent the message that our bodies are made to be looked at and admired, and that one of the most, if not the most, important thing about our bodies is how it looks. Even if we don't receive these messages in our home, we receive it loud and clear in society and advertising and media and just the outside world at large. And so why is that a problem? Why is viewing our bodies as something to be looked at and admired an issue? I mean, I don't think there, there's anything wrong with appreciating the, the beauty of bodies and of trying to make ourselves look presentable and attractive and then trying to feel good about how we look. I don't think those are bad things. 
It's when they become a really big focus in our lives. It's when we start spending a big part of our time and energy and money and thoughts on how our bodies look. And when we start focusing so much on how other people's bodies look, that it distracts us from the person that is in that body, of who they really are. And it becomes an issue as well if we tie our looks in with our worth as a person and our value. And maybe we compare ourselves to other people or we judge other people and come to conclusions about them based on how they look. This is why we have these problems with objectification. So I, I like this metaphor of the sea of objectification given by Lindsay and Lexi. And again, I'm going to be referring to them a lot and to the book a lot during this episode. And if you've taken my online course, Help Through Habits, and completed the Body, Peace, and Respect module, then this analogy is going to sound familiar, but hopefully this will be a good review for you. Lindsay and Lexi compare objectification to a body of water or a sea because they say it's, quote, deep and wide-spanning, immersive, inviting, and both enjoyable and dangerous. It represents all of the ways women's bodies in particular are prized above all other aspects of their humanity, and all of the ways women are taught they should look and act in order to be accepted, respected, valued, or desired. So they talk about how while we are young, when we're young, we don't really care much about what our bodies look like. We are like children playing on what they call the more than a body beach. We're just running around, we're having fun without giving really any thought to how our bodies look. We don't care that our thighs are jiggling as we run around or we're not trying to suck in our stomachs. We're not worried about our tangled mess of hair flying all around. We're just carefree. We're enjoying the moment. We're really completely oblivious about how our body looks from an outsider's perspective. But as time goes on and we get older, then we're introduced to these many objectifying messages that are so prevalent around us. And we start hearing and noticing how those around us talk about different types of bodies. Some types of bodies are praised while other types are made fun of and degraded. We're told that, again, a woman's worth is strongly tied to her appearance. We're shown exactly what a desirable body looks like, and we're told if we just work hard enough, we could reach that beauty ideal too, and that that is a worthy goal to shoot for. Now, if you were larger as a child like I was, you probably also got a lot of messages that there was something wrong with your body, that You were only going to be happy and successful if you worked really hard to shrink your body. And again, this isn't just about body size. This also has to do with hair and skin and the size of eyes and nose and mouth and (laughs) all aspects of our body. And we'll talk a little bit about that here in a minute. But again, we're just, we're told that our appearance matters and it matters a lot. And this is when we start dipping our toes into that sea of objectification. And as we get older, we kind of start inching further and further into the sea. And at first it's cold and it's uncomfortable, but there seem to be a lot of people, in fact, nearly everybody in our lives (laughs) that are playing in that water. So we decide to finally get in and go join them. And before we know it, we are submersed in the sea And we become more comfortable with what Lexi and Lindsay call our 
uncomfortable comfort zone. So maybe we don't necessarily love it. We don't love playing in this sea of objectification, but we do it anyways because everyone around us is doing it and it's our new comfort zone. Once we begin self-objectifying, it's as if we become two separate people. One of those people is just the girl living her life in her body, and then the other one is the girl watching and judging that body while she lives in it. It becomes really natural to start feeling bad about our body most of the time, to be constantly self-monitoring it, to be constantly trying to fix it or change it. And a lot of times we just kind of write that off as being a part of, as part of being a girl. It's just what girls do. We even can bond over it with other girls about how much we hate our bodies and what we are trying to do to change them. And we, we start hating our bodies instead of hating the expectation that we have to fit a certain mold and that we feel like we have to look, to look a certain way. Lexi and Lindsay say, we can adapt and survive in the sea of objectification, but it is a constant burden on our mental and physical energy to keep our heads above water. They say that we would be much better served if we can just find a way to get out of the sea of objectification altogether. So how do we do that? How do we survive in this sea that we're all swimming in? Well, Lexi and Lindsay suggest that we take a really hard look at three specific areas of our lives, and evaluating these areas is really going to help us take some of our power back. It's going to help us inch closer to that more-than-a-body beach and hopefully spend more and more time back on that beach and less time in the sea. So the first thing that they suggest is to take a hard look at your beauty routine, They say, as women, we are taught to deconstruct ourselves into parts in need of fixing, and every part has several fixes available for the right price. We are asked to be aware of, fix, change, and maintain every inch of our bodies, from the roots of our hair down to the tips of our toes. And when you think about it, it's really true. You can like literally go over every part of a woman's body, and there is something out there to help quote, improve it to make it look more beautiful, bigger, smaller, younger, smoother. I I mean, just really, there's so much. There have even been commercials recently on, is it a lotion or something that makes a woman's armpits look more attractive than, than I saw a few months ago. You know, hair, eyebrows, eyelashes, the color of your eyes. You can get colored lenses, Nose, mouth, teeth, skin, lips, fingers, toes, breasts, stomachs, thighs, butts, arms. We are told that every part of us has to look a certain way. And we're told that in order to reach these ideals, then we need breast augmentations or reductions. We need liposuction, Botox, fat injections, body contouring, fat freezing, butt implants, acid treatments, chemical peels, soft tissue fillers, fake lashes, tanning beds, lotions, sprays. We endure plucking and waxing and filling and lining and threading and tattooing and microblading and dyeing and bleaching and styling. It's a lot. (laughs) Now, I have no judgment for anybody who's done any or all of those things. Again, this is what we're told as women that we need to do. And it is completely normal and understandable that 
you would want to do these things to get validation from the world, to appear attractive. But this is where I want us to take our power back. If any of those things that I mentioned are things that you really enjoy doing, that feel worth it, that you like, that you are really happy about, then by all means, go for it. Again, I am not here to judge anybody's choices on their beauty regimen. It's when women feel like they have to do these things in order to be desirable and live up to the beauty ideals of society and they need to succumb to these things. So I like these questions that Lindsay and Lexi have encouraged us to ask when it comes to our beauty routines. They encourage us to ask ourselves, does the amount of time, money, and energy I'm investing in my beauty feel appropriate, burdensome, or somewhere in between? Another question is, could any of my valuable resources be invested in better ways? Can I explore cutting any of them down or even completely out of my life just to see how it feels? Is there anything I especially enjoy or appreciate about my beauty routine? Where do I draw the line between what is creative and fun and what is driven by shame, self-consciousness, and wanting to live up to a hoped-for ideal? And then am I happy with where that line is drawn, or could I consider setting a new boundary for my beauty work? And these are personal questions, and they're gonna, the answers are going to be different for everybody. There might be some people who don't want to buy any makeup, who don't want to spend any time on their physical appearance. There are others who really enjoy going to the hair salon and getting their nails done and spending a little more time. They feel like it's kind of pampering and really enjoy that time, and that's fine too. I just want you to do those things for the right reason. And again, take a really hard look at the, the money, the time, the energy that your beauty routine is taking and make sure that it's something that you are comfortable with. And when we really start trying to value the function of our body over the look of our body and realize that it's generally better to experience life from the inside out and not from the outside looking at ourselves, then you might find that some of your beauty routine doesn't really align with your values and what you truly want in life. And you're doing it just because of the pressure that society has put on you. So that's the first one. Take a look at your beauty routine. The second suggestion that Lexi and Lizzie have is to take a hard look at your media consumption. Be a discerning media consumer. Don't just allow anything into your your brain and your life. Take a really hard look at who you follow on social media, the shows you're watching on TV, the messages being sent to you by the music you listen to. I know I am very, very picky here. In fact, uh, there's a place here in town that does a lot of plastic surgery and body contouring and, and stuff. And every time their commercial comes on on the radio, then I change the channel just because I don't want my brain to get more messages about how my stomach needs to be flatter and this surgery could help make this part of my body look better. I just, I don't need those messages. So Lexi and Lindsay have a few more questions that we can ask ourselves in this area as well. Ask yourself, do I feel better or worse about myself when I see this or hear this or read this or listen to this? Also, would the people in my life feel better or worse about themselves after seeing, hearing, reading, et cetera, et cetera? I personally often think about how would my daughters feel about themselves if they're seeing this this message? Is it going to make them question their own value or want to 
go on a diet or do something extreme to try and fit this this beauty ideal. You can also ask, does this spark any body anxiety or feelings of shame? Does it cause me to engage in self-comparison? I remember as a kid, my family would watch the Miss America pageants pretty often, and I loved watching them as a child. And I'm not here to start any debate about beauty pageants, whether they're good or bad. I know there are good aspects to most of them, but I also know that watching them as a child definitely affected how I viewed my body and shaped how I thought that I should look and overall were probably not helpful for my self-esteem, me personally. It could be totally different for somebody else. So again, this is where it's, it's a personal thing. The second question Lexi and Lindsay say to ask is, who profits from me believing this message? Who's advertising here? You can look for ads, commercials, product placements, and see if, if things are trying to be sold to you. You can ask, does this message seek to profit from my insecurities by selling solutions to fix my, quote, flaws? Also ask, how are women and girls portrayed or represented here? In a movie, for example, do they have roles that move the plot forward in a meaningful way, or are they just there to be looked at? Are they being valued for their talents and their intelligence and their personality, or just for their appearance or their sexual appeal? Does the media you're consuming encourage you to fixate on your own or on other people's appearances? Does it promote or reinforce distorted ideals of what bodies and faces should look like? Is it only showing one type of body type or look as the ideal? Or is it showing beauty in a variety of different shapes and sizes and colors? So those are just a few questions you can ask as you take a look at the types of media that you're consuming. Lexi and Lindsay encourage us to, quote, walk out of theaters, cancel subscriptions, turn those tabloids over in the checkout aisle, find a new TV show to love, unfollow that influencer, mute that friend or colleague. You won't regret the sacrifice and your willingness to be careful and conscious of the messages you surround yourself with will yield immediate rewards. And I can testify that this is true. It is amazing. What we allow into our minds and lives just has such a big influence on how we see ourselves and how we see others. So that's the second area is to take a hard look at your media consumption. And then the last one is to take a hard look at what you're missing out on. One more quote from Lexi and Lindsay. They say, what are you and the world missing out on because the soul-sucking posture of self-objectification keeps you from doing, being, experiencing, contributing, and achieving in every area of your life? So I want you to take a good hard look inside yourself, inside your, your heart, your dreams, your desires. What are you ignoring? What are you not pursuing? Because you think you have to look a certain way before you can go for those dreams. And they don't even have to be big, audacious dreams. They can be something small. Do you really want to go swimming, go to the beach, go to the lake, but you are worried about how you look in a swimsuit? Do you want to take a dance class, but again, you're worried about how you'll be perceived, how people will judge you and your body while you're dancing? And maybe it is something really big. Maybe there's a career path you want to take, but you're worried that you have to look a certain way before pursuing that path. What are you holding yourself back from because of objectification? Now, I do want to make a note here. Because we do live in a world full of objectification, there very well might be other people who 
judge you or mock you either internally or externally or reject you or make it difficult for you. But please, please don't give those people the power and the control and let their issues hold you back from doing what you want to do. Unfortunately, we're never going to be completely free from the sea of objectification in this life. But we do have control over whether or not we are objectifying others and whether or not we are self-objectifying and judging and beating ourselves up over how we look. So even if you can't spend 100% of your time on the more than a body beach, we can at least aim to visit that beach as often as possible and maybe even spend most of our time there. And maybe eventually we can get there and stay there altogether. And I know by working on these three areas, we can greatly reduce the negative effects of objectification in our lives and make an intentional stand against it. We can choose how we're going to show up and what we're going to invite into our lives. We can decide not to let our concern about how our body looks consume a large portion of our thoughts and money and time and energy. I know it can be hard, but I also know it is so worth the effort. Thank you for joining me. I hope that you have a fantastic day and I will see you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, real quick before you go, if you found this episode helpful, would you do me a huge favor and take just a minute or two to leave me a rating and review? It really helps the show get found by more people and it just lights me up to know that the show is helping someone out there and that I should continue putting out more episodes. Thank you so much.